Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? We love you so much over here. We are hearing from so many of you guys about the show. And I just want to say... Thank you. Thank you. Of course, not just me. I mean, it is called the Autumn Mile Show, but there's like, you know, 755 people that make this thing work. We all pray for you on a regular basis. And we want to see in your life, we want to see bold truth resonate with you. We are so honored that you listen. And all of you podcasters out there, I know a lot of you guys podcast the show. Podcast is, I mean, I podcast like everybody's, uh, everybody's stuff these days. I just want to give a, a, a welcome to you guys as well. We love you. We love hearing from you. I love it, I, uh, you know, hearing what, what God has done in your life through the show. So thank you for listening. I don't want to take up too much time with introductions because we have such an amazing guest, someone that I have admired just from afar, really. I've never met her. I've met her today, uh, uh, you know, via phone. Um, but sh- her name is Jenny Allen. She is the founder of the If Gathering. There is going to be an if and uh, the the and if if gathering in Austin this weekend y'all but you also can register and do an if gathering in your area so that is happening this weekend we're having her on the show to talk about that she is also an author and a speaker and a teacher and a mom and a wife you know she's like you know superwoman over here so I want you guys to welcome to the show today Jenny Allen Jenny how are you Good, Autumn. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's going to be a good one. I can feel it already. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome. Okay, so let's start off with If Gathering. I have heard about it, seen it everywhere. Uh, you know, but for those of lis- for those of, uh, of my listeners that have not heard about it, they don't that that don't know anything about it. Um, tell us, tell us what it is, where it came from how it happened. It's happening this weekend, um, but give us a little history on it. Sure. So the powerful thing about If Gathering is we really started out with very little plans. We did not know what we were doing, but we did have this dream that um, that as a generation that we would spend our lives well for God. So the name If actually comes from the question, if God is real, then what? Then how do we live? Mm. And so this was, I think, just an ache that we were feeling as women and, and going, we want to spend our lives well. We want to do that on mission together. We don't want to do that in silos, isolated. And and so it just, it was so odd. It, I mean, we put it out and it just, it blew up really quickly. Our first event sold out really fast. And, and so um, we were live streaming it to lots of different places, but we realized, you know, this really isn't something need to watch in your pajamas by yourself. You need to do this with some girlfriends. So um, all of a sudden, events started popping popping up all over the world. And so, you know, as of now, um, there's over 2,000 events happening around the world. Um, this weekend, it's, it's, it absolutely blows my mind that it has just been a resource for so many different people. And it's, it's fun. I mean, there's all kinds of different speakers. There's worship and all of that, but it's really pretty simple. We pray. We open the Word of God. We we consider what it looks like for us to live this out today. And it's, it's, I think part of it is just the simplicity. But really part of the most powerful part about it is how many women have led in their places and, and really had a heart to 
to make disciples where they are. And then we have all kinds of tools during the year as well to help people um, as they are loving people in their communities. We really believe rather than going to arenas, we wanted, we wanted to give tools that people can use in their homes and on college campuses and wherever they are. Mm. Okay, I'm writing a bunch of stuff of this stuff down because I want to go back to it. So the whole, so, so the mission of this is if God is real, then what? Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I I think just the whole premise of the concept of this gathering is amazing. If God is real, then what? Well, we know that He is, so we need to play a part in it. So the the whole name I I, I really think is amazing. So so two thousand groups. This weekend, we'll, we'll gather together, and they'll all see the same content. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. And if you want to watch it in your pajamas, you absolutely can. That is an option. Um, but we really hope is that you'd even invite some, a few friends. And I know it feels last minute, but it's not too late. We, we, we have a blog up on ifgathering.com that says how to plan an if gathering in a day. So you can, <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. And so you, so basically the story is you and a group of women said, listen, we're going to do something offered up this idea of having events everywhere. And it just, it, it blew up, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty simple. I mean, we, we would have never imagined how um, much people would own it. And now it just feels like this giant sisterhood where, Mm. you know, we're, we're on mission together and it just helps everything feel a little less lonely. I think it's, easy to get discouraged these days as you are, you know, doing your part to build the kingdom of God. And, and I think what this has done is just bring us all together and make us not feel so lonely. And this launched in 2014 and there's like hundreds of thousands of women that do this. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. And it, it, yeah. It was, and it happened fast. It was, it was, we always say it's felt like we're building a plane in the air because we haven't had a chance really to land it and oh <laughs> work out God. all the kinks. That but, is um, awesome. but God provided, and it's, mm. it, I mean, it's miraculous, just the stories that have come out of it and life changes. Um, and, you know, and it's really a credit to all these women. I mean, they, they are the brave ones. You know, we, we're building um, tools for them, but they're the ones in the trenches, like, doing the work and taking the risks, and it's, it's mm. been really beautiful to watch. Awesome. Okay, so this is happening this weekend, you guys. Um, so go to the website. Is it ifgathering.com? Is that right, Jenny? Yes, ifgathering.com. Ifgathering.com. You can throw you can you can put an event together in a day or just log on um yourself, which I think is great. Uh, you know, especially for the moms out there if you don't have time to put something together. Um, but this is a way to go deeper, you guys. We are constantly saying get in the word, get surrounded. Um, this is a way to go deeper. Jenny, I also love the fact that there's a lot of focus on local communities here. Um, there's so, I, I think, you know, if we go to a conference, like, if I, you know, if I'm going to go to a conference out of state or whatever, you al- you almost do kind of at a women's conference, build a sisterhood with those, those women around you, but then you go back home and it's like, wait, right. if you would have just been at this conference, that would have been so amazing, you know? And I love the fact that if focuses on sort of the local with the people that you know, with your girl gang type thing. So this is not something that you just experience away from them. This is something that they experience with you. I I love that concept. Can you tell me some success story that you've heard out of like a local gathering that they just kind of took this if mission and really changed their community? Is there something you could, you could speak to about that? Yeah. Well, I was in California recently and they were telling me stories about their if, and they have, 
they have about 150 women come. And one of the stories was that a woman walked in that they didn't know, and she had heard about it somehow and seen, you know, the advertising. And she shows up, and she had literally the day before walked out of prison. And that woman just absolutely was welcomed into a church community and given support that she needed and, you know, just a whole little sisterhood of women around her. She's in such a unique transition in her life. And and I think, she, you know, what's beautiful is um, we were actually, I got to um, meet the woman because we were actually out to eat together, those leaders and I. And it was so cool because I'm on the stage in front of all the people um, teaching and leading. And, um, and, and when they walked in, she recognized all of her local leaders. Um, mm. She didn't even recognize me. Aww. And I just thought that was so precious that it's such a testimony of what we pray happens, which is mm. um, that God would move through the, the leaders that are actually doing the work mm. in their places. And, um, and they're the heroes. They're the yeah. ones that are building this, um, you know, because all of us have been impacted by books and blogs and by sermons. And we do. We have some of the best speakers in the world on our stage, stage. but um, but honestly, that that kind of um, falls to the wayside in light of women that are looking you in the eyes, and you go. Yeah. I mean, so many people will meet friends for their life that they, when they brave this event, because they'll they'll sign up for the one in their zip code or the one in their town, and they'll go and they won't know anybody, and all of a sudden you just have this sisterhood, and it might be a living room and it might be a big church, and mm. you never know what to expect. And I think something about that. Mm. is just, it really is thousands and thousands of women being brave together. Mm-hmm. And the women being brave to host, it's the women being brave to attend. Mm-hmm. And I think through that, um, magic happens. I mean, the Spirit of God moves, and it's it's just a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. we're, we feel honored to watch it happen. It's unbelievable. And then the other things that have happened, I mean, we, we really are interdenominational. I mean, we have leaders that are all different types of denomination. We keep things simple. We talk about Jesus and we talk about the Word of God. And 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 so it really is, I think, refreshing in this day and age to have something to come together on yeah. rather than to be divided about. And so right. you think about cities right now and you think about churches and how much they need to come together. This has really served as a platform for that. So there's leaders in cities that will bring together all different types of churches, all different denominations, different parts of town town and they will they'll all come together for a day and i think it it shows that it's possible it shows the power that can happen when these groups are coming together and dreaming for their city and their community and um yeah i just i think we need things that bring us together right now and oh yes been one of them i i love that you know i feel like there's so many women out there that are saying i can't do that because of and then they list like 100 reasons why they can't but it is so simple to invite your girlfriends to your home or, um, you know, to a coffee shop or wherever it is that, that you want your if gathering to take place and invest in somebody else. You don't have to take the stage to, to change somebody's life. Um, you know, simply walking through life with someone. Um, and really, this event could be a springboard uh, to cha- for you to change somebody else's life. I love that that uh, that lady walked into that restaurant and she she recognized everybody locally. That is so incredibly mm-hmm. important. And girl, you couldn't be preaching more when you say we need unity right now. I mean, come on. We need unity. Unity. We need to focus on what unites us, not what divides us. That was beautiful. Um, okay, I want to talk 
talk about your book as well. Um, now, Nothing to Prove is the name of your third book. Is that correct? Your third book? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I just love the title of that because it's kind of, it's it's like a breath of fresh air, right? You say, you got <laughs> you ain't got nothing to prove. You know, you, you just kind of, ah, yes. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. It's almost like a, a title um, that you can sort of cut off a backpack of weight when you, when you hear it. So this was published last year, um, but... It's so relevant and so important that I couldn't have you on and not talk about it. Um, talk to me just about the heart behind the book, the message of the book, before we get into the the real specific chapters. Sure. So, yeah, Nothing to Prove started for me, I think, probably when I was old enough to recognize there was something to prove in the world. And, <laughs> I mean, I can look back to childhood and 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 see that in myself where I just felt like I was on a hamster wheel and I couldn't get off and I didn't know how to get off. And, and I, of course, that carries on into life and let's deal with that stuff. And it's exhausting. And I look around and see so many other women doing the same thing and mm-hmm. just not experiencing peace that surpasses understanding that God talks about. And I think that peace, we've got to figure out where that comes from. We've got to figure out how to see that for ourselves and what that looks like when we actually live in the peace that God designed for us. But that, that is a process, right? It's, you know, I could have written a pamphlet if it were easy. It's, it's not. It's, a, it's coming to a place where we really figure out that Jesus is sufficient. And, mm-hmm. and I think for me, um, it seems like at the, when I reach the end of myself, when I, when I can't control um, my, my children who are growing up before my eyes, and one of them's about to head to college, and I realize, oh, God, uh-huh. no longer is this about you know, discipline and, you know, correcting this behavior. Now it's trust and, and believing that he's going to be okay as he goes out into the world and makes decisions for himself. And, and, or whether it's, um, you know, leading something like if gathering where it's beyond my training, it's beyond my, um, gifts. It's, it's so far beyond anything I could ever, um, you know, handle or lead. And so to rest in really the way that God, um, moves and works and believes that he's with us. Um, so much of, I think, our stress comes from doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, that looked like growing in understanding what it is that God promises us. And when I studied the book of John, which is what the book's based on, I realized this theme that I'd never seen before. And the book of John is super familiar to, to me and to probably a lot of your listeners who have been, been believers for a long time. Um, however, it it is... Um, it, it, I had never seen this, but in almost every miracle, I really looked at um, moments that, that God, that Jesus um, performed a miracle or had a moment with someone that was very intentional. And what I saw as he ministered to people was this abundance. I mean, in almost every miracle you look, and there he really was trying to show, hey, not only do I have this, but I have it tenfold. And, mm-hmm. and specifically, I mean, think of the fish and loaves. I mean, he, he leaves those disciples standing there, each with an overflowing basket. Mm-hmm. And everyone, it says, ate their fill. It came back for, for seconds and thirds, and they still had exactly, you know, 12 overflowing baskets left. And, and then you look at the wine at the wedding, that was his first miracle, and it was more than they could ever drink. Yeah. Um, and so just again and again, I kept seeing this abundant, um, way that Jesus provided. It wasn't just in the natural, it was in the supernatural, and it wasn't just in what they needed. It was more than what they needed. 
Oh my goodness. That is so good. Um, the abundance. <sighs> we strive for that abundance and we aren't the ones that can create it. You know, it's the Lord that can create it. I love that. The nothing to prove um is so against. I feel like, you know, I have four kids myself, which by the way, you're in the Ford Kid Club too, aren't you? I am. <laughs> you yes. have four kids. I, I asked someone the I, I asked a group of people the other day and I, I was like, uh, how many of you guys have four kids? I was speaking to an audience and like three people raised their hand. I'm like, Yeah, there's not a lot of us. <laughs> but you're in that club. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but with this book, nothing to prove, I feel like, you know, just very personally, I strive to be the best mom I can. I strive to be the best, you know, whatever I'm doing that day I can in my work and my life. I strive to be the best friend. I strive to do all those things. And you said the word exhausted. There are so many people. It's, I, I, it's so relevant because it's exhausting to strive and, and still feel like you aren't doing enough or it's not good enough or you're trying, but they're not receiving or something like that. So it is such a beautiful word that you that you brought about. You know, you, you you don't have to strive because God is the one that has it and he has an abundance. And actually, I just looked down on my sheet of paper and it said uh, it said the word strive. So talk to me a little bit about um, that word strive. And it, and it says in nothing to prove you urge us not to strive. So what's your message behind that? Well, certainly there's there's power in discipline and and that desire to be a good mom, and, and, and there's nothing innately wrong about those things. That's an actual, you know, God-given desire. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I do think so we can take it too far, and, and I think what God meant for us to live is a dependent life, and I don't think that's very American. I don't think we are very well versed in what that looks like because we're trained from a young age to be um, very independent and to, mm-hmm. um, to achieve things on our own. And I think what what's unique about Jesus is he keeps calling everybody back to faith. He keeps calling everybody back to childlike faith. Um, and they're just sitting there, you know, confused and dumbfounded. And, and back to that story on the fish and loaves, I mean, at the beginning of that story, you know, the disciples are going, hey, we can't, we don't have it. You know, we can't mm. feed all these people. It's crazy. It would take, it would take a year's wages. And, and maybe we could feed some people if, mm. if we had that. And yet there's no market, there's no food. And, and so, um, you know, they're going at their lives from a very pragmatic, um, natural provision way rather than saying, okay, what's possible with God? And yeah. and we all know that, that that's a different way to live. And I think what I've rested in is, is this adventure that I'm on, you know, with, with four kids, with um, a ministry that, that with a, you know, we, we felt like we were flying a, a plane, building a plane in the air, um, with the, the nature of, of writing and, and leading people I was so outmatched by by what God had called me to do that I think there was a blessing in that I couldn't do it and or I was just going to shrivel up you know my soul was going to shrivel up from um, being so just spent and burnt out and exhausted and and I think I, I was like I've got to do this differently or I will quit like I'll quit you know I could I can't quit my kids but I can quit yeah. everything else that He's called me to do so. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think I got to a breaking point of realizing this, there's got to be a different way to this. And I was actually um, at a young life camp of all places um, with, with other adults. I wasn't just with kids, but, <laughs> but we were there on a retreat and, and a counselor looked, you know, kind of saw what I was doing and said, so how is that working for you? Like believing that, 
you can be pure enough and holy enough and hold all this together. And I was like, ah, it's not working very well at all. Mm-hmm. And, and just recognizing that I can't do it. And he was like, well, stand, stand back. And why don't you just, I, I said, I feel like I've got this Barbie dream castle. Like everything that I would want in ministry and life is, is there. And every day for some reason, I want to kick it in. Like I want to destroy it. <laughs> I don't wow. know how. And, and he said, well, why don't you just kick it in? And hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, these are good things. He was like, kick it in. He was like, if it's from God, it's going to bounce back up and you can't destroy it. And if it's not from God, you just did him a favor. Wow. And it was the most freeing moment for me because mm-hmm. I had felt like I need to keep all of this up and together and, and to realize like, oh, no, I can stand back from this thing. In fact, I can even try to mess it up. And if yeah. this is God, like, I can't. And I think the responsibility in me rested. And again, it's not that I'm not faithful with what I do and, and I show up and I, I do the work, but yeah. but I also get to smile at the fact that I do the work and ultimately God's spirit is going to be the thing that causes it to succeed and, and he's working with me. And that's how things get multiplied exponentially beyond anything we could have imagined. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh, I love that. Kick it in. Just kick it in. (laughs) Simple advice, but woo, so profound and life-changing. Just kick it in. God will take care of it. I love that. So I want to talk, and we only have a couple more minutes left, which I feel like I could talk to you for four hours. But you talk about this idea of numbing out. Um, And and the book was originally supposed to be called Numb. Is that right? Can you Can you talk about that just for uh, like a couple seconds? Because I have a couple more questions. Okay. Yeah. The reason I thought it was supposed to be called numb was that was what I felt at the Mm. end of the day with all of this pressure. I just eventually checked out, and I think it's a feeling a lot of us feel is there's just too much. There's too many decisions to make. There's too much happening. There's too much pressure. I'm just gonna watch Netflix. You know. Yeah. And and so um, I and again, there's nothing wrong with Netflix necessarily. It's just that I think we can tend to cope with our lives rather than live our lives. Yeah, girl. And I really believe that for me, I, it, the the issue was not numb. The issue was that I was trying to prove myself and the pressure and the exhaustion coming from that. So I realized numb was just a symptom, which is why the whole book changed mm-hmm. as I was writing it. And so I do believe that. Um, that as a generation, we're going to need to fight this together because it, it really is with our phones, with technology, with um, the amount of entertainment at our fingertips all the time, it is easy to check out from our lives and miss them. And so that's a huge passion of mine is that women not miss their lives, but really live the full and abundant life that God promised us. And that's not an easy life. He never mm-hmm. said it would be easy. In fact, he promised it would be difficult, but that he would be in it with us, that there was a purpose to that difficulty, that he's accomplishing purposes we can't even imagine. So yeah. um, I'm excited. And I that happening across really the world, just women rising up and saying, Hey, I want to be a part of something. And it's a beautiful thing. I love that Uh, last thing. And I, this is the last thing we're going to have time for, but you point out, um, that marriage and family have become idols, which I feel like I've been tooting this horn forever, but you, you point it out. And I mean, I, I love all, I, all four of my kids and you know, we love our kids. We love our husbands, but they, but it seems as if, there is a lot of worshiping of kids and husbands these days. Can you speak to that in like a minute? Yeah, I mean, it's that's a, that's a hard thing to talk about. I know, in one minute, go. <laughs> is there anything wrong? I mean, is there anything wrong with adoring and loving our kids and our husbands? No, but is there something even bigger and better? Yes. And, and, and do we love them better when we run after God and, and whatever he has for us? Rather than Because what we can tend to do is, with anything in life, is we can make a scrapbook and say, this is what we need to have to be happy. And yeah. and our kids need to do this, and our husbands need to do this, and we need to have a husband and kids. And, 
and that's not everybody's story. And so, how do we um, how do we find contentment with or without a perfect life that we we had hoped for? And I think that's something we all fight for daily and trust God with, because nobody has that perfect life, right? right. Like nobody's scrapbook worked out exactly how they thought. So. Um, I do believe that in kind of burning the scrapbook, we, we find a lot of freedom. Yeah. And mm. it is, it's, it's a scarier way to live, mm. but it is, um, it is how we were designed to live, is dependent. And, and believing and trusting, no matter what circumstances end up in our book and in our life, that God is enough for that. And, mm. and I, He always has been. I can look back at every situation I've faced in 41 years of life and say, he is that good, and yeah. he is that powerful. Woo! What if there is something greater? I love that. Love it, love it. Jenny Allen, you have been such a blessing to be on the show today. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the opportunity for us to play a part in a, a big movement that God is doing through the If Gathering. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on the show. Great to be here, Autumn. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And thank you, all you listeners out there. Listen, if you want to sign up for one of these If Gatherings, go to ifgathering.com. It's not too late. If Gathering put together in one day, it's on the blog. You heard it from the founder. Also, if you want to know more about Jenny Allen, go to jennyallen.com. Also, look up the book, Nothing to Prove. I know that you got fed by the wisdom that she just shared on the show today. Love you guys so much. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.